Hi everyone, welcome back to the Quantum Heart Cafe. I hope that everyone is having a, a great finish to their weekend. And um, I've been thinking about, I was thinking about my gratitude today. And I think I'm, I have heartfelt gratitude for the, the truckers and people supporting the truckers in Canada. Uh, it's very inspiring seeing them uh, rolling over, like rolling into Ottawa. And just all the the partying and the everyone just having a good time, and so yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And I think that um, it, it looks like there's been some uh, other countries are starting to follow suit. So that's good. That's a, it's a step in the right direction. I will say this though, like the there is a bigger picture to what's going on right now, and so it's not just like the, it's not. <clears throat> And it's bigger than just the mandates, and it does have to involve. It does involve like five G and blockchain and <clears throat> excuse me, the fourth industrial revolution. So even though this is happening, and it's I think it's a great thing. I also think it's very important to stay to stay vig vigilant and to. Stay aware of the big picture, and today I was listening to. It was very sad, but it's a very important interview, and it was sad and also kind of enraging as well. Um, just because I could feel it, the heaviness in my heart when I was listening to it, and uh, it was done by. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Argus Fest, and it's um, the YouTube channel is run. Uh, by Jason J Jason Bosch, and uh, he's a filmmaker and um, a documentary. Uh, sorry, he's a documentary filmmaker, and but he's been he has a number of interviews. Now I'll link his uh, YouTube channel in the description because I think um, a lot of the interviews he has on his channel are very important. And the recent one I was listening to was. Uh, he was interviewing uh, uh, a lady named Brandy, and uh, she was uh, trafficked. Uh, she survived human trafficking, and she was telling, she was interviewing, or she was telling her story, among other things, uh, during an interview. And another topic she was talking about was how the internet and all these smart devices and social media are being used to target kids, like for human trafficking. And I'm, just, I'm, I mean, I, I knew, I knew that human traffickers went through like chat rooms and stuff like that. But now they, now that there's so many items that are being hooked up to the internet, it's not just chat rooms anymore. It's, it's, it's cameras. It's Xboxes. It's um, vir virtual reality goggles, which are really dangerous because I, I've worn uh, virtual reality goggles before, and but this was when they were just ca they came, they were in like testing a testing phase about maybe ten years ago because I did do, I was in the creative industry for a little bit. It was only maybe a couple of months. I was doing a certificate, and. I tried out these VR glasses. I think it was one of the first uh, 
pair of Oculus Rift, but it was a developer pair. So what happens is that they, uh, tech companies will often uh, give developers their products, and then developers can develop like applications and stuff like that with them. And um, I tried out. I was at the time I was friends with some of the people in this company, and they let me try out the VR glasses, and so and I did. And it was pretty interesting. I mean, I won't wear a pair of them ever again. Um, I did feel a slight headache after wearing it, and the the program that I saw was like a, a um, it was a roller coaster, and it felt, and the roller coaster coaster felt so real, even though it was fake. Like it felt like I was going, I I felt the bodily sensations of like going. You know, up the you know how you ride ride the roller coaster and you start um, <clears throat> going up the hill, and then you reach the the peak and then you go down and it's all fun and you're screaming your head off. Well, that's kind of I mean I wasn't screaming my head off, but you know I I did feel it. I felt a little that that drop that the anticipation of uh, you know doing all the twists and turns and stuff and it it felt real. And the danger of VR glasses, especially for kids, is that, you know, predators are able to get in and uh, because it, if they're hooked up to the internet, you know, a predator could find a way to reach a person using VR glasses, especially kids, and they can assault them. And this isn't a joke, and it's something that not a lot of tech companies, they're, they're aware of it. The tech companies are aware of this problem but a lot of them aren't doing anything about it. And so it's just who's protecting the kids. And it's not just, um, so like I said, like this is bigger than just uh, a health a health event. This is a whole environment that they want to build where we are immersed in, immersed in this stuff. So not only is there the health implications of too much EMF, and too much uh, Wi-Fi exposure, like the radiation from that's really bad for us. There's also the scary part where it's just like, our kids are vulnerable. <laughs> How are we supposed to protect our kids? And even as a parent who is, is vigilant and tries and protects their kids as best as possible, I mean, kids are being given Chromebooks and, and smart tablets and everything at the schools. It's just like how how are you supposed to protect our kids? And I think the answer is just to not have this stuff to begin with. You know, get it out of the schools, like stop this um, one laptop for every kid nonsense. And just, we don't need it. There's so, like, I've, I've been going back to using just, um, for example, like a, a digital watch to tell time because that's one of the things I use my cell phone for was to just to basically tell time. It's just like, oh, what time is it? And I check my smartphone while I have, uh, I'm just gonna use a regular battery powered watch now because it's probably, uh, it's not nearly as dangerous for me as my, as the radiation from my smartphone. And, you know, we don't need it. There's only so much technology that we need and, and it's getting to the point where not only is it too much, I mean, there's also the, all the minerals and all the material that is um, collected from mining and those mining practices, I mean, again, kids are being exploited 
in African countries to get those rare earth metals. So, <laughs> so it's happening at every every step of like the you know the supply chain and whatnot. Like this, this isn't sustainable. <laughs> like how are we supposed? Like are we gonna like fly off to, to meteors and mine meteors? Like that's just it's nonsense. So. Yeah, I think it's time to kind of step up, step back a bit and really think about what world we want to live, leave for our kids <clears throat> and really think that do we want our kids connected to these Internet of Things, like these smart tablets and stuff, especially knowing that they can be, get preyed upon by disgusting pedos. Like, they're, they're out there. Um, and I'll, I'll link the interview... In my show notes today just because I, I was just watching it and it was upsetting uh it's upsetting to hear um and i knew human trafficking was a problem but it's gotten worse and uh and they're really you know they're really going at after that they've i mean they've gone after kids before but <clears throat> now with the internet it's like they have an all-access pass to our kids and it, it's wrong and you know if any adults listening to this and your parents listening to this like our kids are counting on us to stand up for them and the I'm, I'm telling you that the governments and the experts and stuff they're not going to do it for you uh, they don't care uh, and if anything they're kind of part of it some of them a lot of them are part of it too but a lot of them just don't give a shit <clears throat> and I know that's strong language but it's just you know we have to care and we have to be the ones, like, you know, get off our duffs and start doing something. I mean, are you going to sit there and wait for your kid to be assaulted or taken away by some creep to do something? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like, they will, <laughs> they've gone into the phones and they start interacting with kids. And they start asking them, oh, where's your door? Where's your, uh, take a picture of your room, take a picture of your doorway. And they start, and it's not because... They're doing it to collect the location data. Where is the little kid so they can take them? I am telling you, this is happening. It's only going to get worse the more this the more this crap rolls out. And if we and I, I think there's a lot of parents that love their kids and just maybe they just don't know, maybe just unaware of it. Um, but we seriously need to really take a look at all that technology and making sure that like it's not going to harm cause harm to our kids and if that means that we start going without smartphones and laptops and just start scaling back the amount of time we spend or the amount of usage we have with these gadgets then fine so be it we have a responsibility to protect kids and it's not right that they are being preyed on and picked up and, and bothered by gross people and these are bit, and they're well off people by the way they're not just like the weirdo at the bus stop it's it's people in positions of power and authority that are doing this so really we're the ones and if any of you listening please in a higher power please in a creator jesus christ there is no way i know that there's a lot of like the politics with like the the structure of the church and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as an individual, like your relationship with your creator, your goddess, your God, whatever it is that you want to call that, 
There is no way, none, that they would ever want to have kids preyed upon. They love children. And that's why angels and archangels still come to kids. They love them, and they will they'll protect them, and, and we need to protect them on their behalf as well. There's no way Jesus Christ or any any wise teachers or any ascended masters or anyone like that, whoever you believe in, is, would ever put up with this. They would be speaking out too. So, you know, it's it's us. You know, we're, we're it. We're the ones that have to do it. Um, you know, and maybe that is the second coming, is realizing that we're co-creators with the, the creator. <laughs> we're co-creators with the with Jesus Christ, with the Christ consciousness. And Christ consciousness is loving and protective. We need to protect our kids. And sometimes that means a fierce love. You know, it's like the, the mama bear love or, or the papa bear love. You know, the, the mama bear love that will lift a car off her baby, lift a car to save her baby, that kind of love. You know, that's that fierce love that, you know, we get in, our kids need us. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's it's if this continues to roll out, there's going to be a lot of trauma traumatized children, and they don't always tell us because what these uh, traffickers do as well is that they 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 threaten that they you know they threaten to, to kill their families, so kids don't say anything because uh, they they want to protect their moms and dads, so they don't say anything. So keep an eye on your kids. If you see any <clears throat> change in behavior, any change in patterns, talk to them. Uh, you know, check their phones, check their social media, check everything on a regular basis, like daily. You know, make sure, look out for them. They need you. And, and they're going to need you in the future, big time. So I'm just saying, I'm going to post a link to the talk in the description. And please like just go listen to it I know it's it's a bit long but it didn't feel long because the talk was it was excellent and and it, the information is really important so if you please like you know just check that out share it with other parents share it with your friends like just if you're listening to this podcast like get the word out please like our kids need us really um I know I sound alarmist, but this is alarming. Like it's pretty, it was pretty heartbreaking listening to the, that interview. You know, and sometimes we need, you know, to see the dark heart of the system in order to be inspired to change it. And this was one of those interviews. So do I think that we could change it and roll this back? I do. I think so. Definitely. Absolutely. But awareness is key. So don't be afraid to look places that you may not want to look because you know just because you bury your head in the sand doesn't mean it's it's, it's going to go away it'll only get worse <clears throat> all right so that was that serious part of the show i wasn't going to do that but like i i was listening to it and just, i have to say something so please have a, a, a listen to the interview i'm going to uh place a, a link in the description like I said before but now on to the healing foods by Edgar Casey. so it was a it's a shorter book 
And it's not actually, I, I thought it was written by Edgar Casey, but it was actually a collection of some of his advice about uh, food that he would give to clients that he was channeling for. <clears throat> and a doctor by the name of William uh, Mc, uh, I think it's McGarry, uh, compiled his uh, notes and wrote uh, a, a book. It's not a very long book, but it has a lot of really good information in it and a good suggestions about diet. And um, what he was basically saying throughout the book is that uh, it's really important to have uh, a balance between alkaline and acidic foods. And so he was saying that our bodies um, have a, there's a certain composition of hydrogen ions that we need to have in our body in order to function, in order for our body to be uh, normal and healthy. And this is achieved through an alkaline acidic balance. So uh, if something is too acidic, then we get sick. At the same time, if our system is too alkaline, we get sick. So the key is just to maintain a balance of alkaline and a, a alkaline and acidic uh, foods in our diets, because then that will provide us with the nutrition. And usually, uh, you didn't really def define what acid and what a, a alkaline is, but if you remember ever take uh, chemistry or science in uh, grade school, they did talk a little bit about <clears throat> acids and bases. A base is the same as, as alkaline, and an acid is something like uh, vinegar or something like, uh, no, like I guess battery acid would be one of them. <clears throat> and I think it has... Maybe it has less hydrogen or more hydrogen. I can't exactly remember. Uh, if anyone who is listening to this is has more information about um, <clears throat> what acidic and alkaline means, I, I would love to know. But I'm just going off the top of what I remember, so I, I might be wrong. But I think um, and then maybe alkaline is doesn't have as much hydrogen in it, so then they... But they they kind of need to. But alkaline and acidic need to balance each other, need to balance each other out. <clears throat> uh, so that's how I kind of remember the scale. And I think water, water is usually pretty neutral. It's about a seven. And because uh, we are made up of pretty much we're made up of water, uh, our body needs to use, or most of the time we need a. Um, a balance of or a pH of about seven, uh, maybe seven, just below seven or just above seven, and then certain parts of our body will be maybe a little more acidic than others, just the way the the composition of that area. Like for ladies, our you know what our lady, our flowers, <laughs> uh, they, you know, I think they're a little more acidic. I think. Or, or it might be more alkaline. I can't remember exactly. I think it might be a bit more acidic. So there, there are certain places in our, or certain areas in our body that need more acid than base. But overall, um, 
Edgar Casey's advice was to have um, a pH of about seven, or just above seven, or just below seven. And <clears throat> from what I understand, there's like a you could get little alkaline to acidic testers from like the health food stores and stick it on your tongue and then uh, it'll change color and I think the color indicates how acidic or how alkaline you're, you're uh, how alkaline you are so I I haven't done them before maybe I'll do one down the road and see uh, see what happens um, you know maybe I'll create a YouTube channel and do fun stuff like that uh, <clears throat> but he wasn't he wasn't really, uh, Edgar, both Edgar and, um, William, they weren't really, like, militant on, like, the whole, like, having, or being obsessed with, like, <clears throat> eating al alkaline and acidic foods. Like, they were basically saying that, uh, and I really appreciate this, like, they have, you know, that I really appreciate, like, the spiritual... Uh, side of what they were talking about and essentially they were saying that the spirit is the life the mind is the builder and the body is the result and so as they were saying it's not you to develop the attitude where we eat to live rather than live to eat and by eating to live it's like they were saying that we eat foods that help us bring us closer to our life purpose or our life uh, destiny. And one example uh, could be, you know, if someone is a builder, like they build houses and they do manual labor, well, the, they, you know, they may adopt or they probably do adopt a diet that enables them to do that, right? But that diet may be very different from someone who whose life purpose or uh, destiny is maybe to be uh, a writer you know they may have a different diet from there so it's not like one of these when I was reading the book it wasn't like reading a, a diet fad you know like the um, Atkins or paleo or all these other uh, kind of fad diets running around um, the internet and stuff like that it's more so they were encouraging us like they provide uh, kind of like a basic uh, foundation for what alkaline and acidic foods are like the they provided um i don't have a means to show you right now but if you ever read the book it has uh like it's almost kind of like those food guides that they that the government gives although i don't really trust <laughs> what the government says but it's similar to that it's like a wheel and on the wheel uh william provided uh information about what foods are more acidic and what are more uh, base or alkaline and then which foods just to avoid in general for good health so uh, you know an obvious one I mean it isn't always easy I have to uh, definitely improve my diet my diets it's okay but I still eat processed food I still sometimes have fried food and stuff like that and I know those things really aren't good for me so uh, but that's one of the, the food, food groups to avoid <laughs> is uh, fried foods, uh, you know, like sugars, um, refined wheat, uh, white, white flour. Um, and it, it's kind of 
most of that stuff to avoid is stuff I think most people know that they need to avoid. And, um, and the alkaline foods are like your veggies, uh, chicken, uh, chicken, veggies, uh, and then more acidic foods are like citrus fruits, uh, maybe some cheese and, and milk and dairy products and stuff. So it, it's not that, uh, other than like processed food and like junk food and, and uh, fried food, like that, those are just poisons and toxins. Uh, when it comes to like like real natural food, uh, there were, you know, both Edgar and William just encouraged to have a balance of like 80 80% alkaline, 20% acidic, but then to find within that, like find the foods and food groups that you enjoy, like explore it, like have fun, like see, see food as a uh, f food as an adventure that when you see your food and to, to give thanks when you're eating your food and, and just, uh, to see your to see food as the foundation and the building blocks for helping you, or helping us, I should say, to um, fulfill our life purpose, and then also to, um, what was I say? What's the best word to say? To have our connection with our creator. Uh, some people call the creator God, goddess, universe, and so having healthy food, having good nutritious food helps to strengthen the connection with our, with our gods, with our, our god or with our goddess. And when, and when we're kind of filled with uh, toxins and stuff like that, it's harder to have that connection with our spirit. Um, plus if we're full of really full of acids and, and poisons and toxins from the food we eat, then we're more prone to disease as well. And by having an alkaline to acidic or, or balanced alkaline and acidic uh, diet, then that it reduces the amount or reduces the chances of developing disease. Uh, and, it, and then it also helps promote growth or healing in our body. Uh, but what I also really enjoyed about the book was that it wasn't just the balance between or maintaining a balance of alkaline to acidic food. Both William and Ed Edgar also talked about how important attitude is and how important uh, prayer and meditation is. Um, attitude because uh, you know, Edgar Casey he believed in reincarnation and so he, he was saying that throughout you know, we develop or uh, appetites. We develop appetites through through our lifetimes, and so those appetites will kind of go into. Or not go, they kind of those appetites inform our unconscious decisions in this lifetime, and sometimes they're okay, and sometimes those unconscious decisions really aren't good for us, like. You know, should I, should I have that ice cream? Should I have that, um, uh, those cookies or something like that? And perhaps there's, perhaps those, there's some unconscious appetites that I should address or unconscious desires. And if we 
allow ourselves to be ruled by desires and we it, you know we be, be, be we become more vulnerable to eating and doing things that aren't necessarily good for us whereas if we learn to be aware of our appetites and be aware of our habits and aware of our attitudes that then that kind of helps to um, you know it kind of helps to get through some of those trickier or address some of those trickier desires that we all that we do have uh, so I thought that was really interesting how and it kind of just drives home that to me that health really is a more of a holistic it's more of a holistic topic it's not just about food it's also about our attitudes it's about how much stress are we under that's another big thing that they mentioned throughout the book is if we're really stressed that will have an effect on our lymphatic system which is our lymphatic system is what creates the the white blood cells are, are defenders, and that that enables... I mean, without the lymphatic system, we don't have an immune system. So when our lymphatic system is weakened by our diet and too much stress, then our immune system is weakened, so it's harder to fight off uh, colds and so on. But we're... You know, but as we kind of look at our whole... Our being as a whole being and not just one... Uh, one area or one or one facet of our being, then it becomes easier to see where the stressors are, like where and where we need to heal uh, in order to be as healthy as we can be. Uh, and then uh, what I also thought was cool was how they talked about meditation as well, and how meditation can be. Uh, and I, I need to I need to start doing more meditation. I think it's I pray, um, and prayer is also very good. It's good for us, um, you know, especially to give thanks and to uh, be grateful, and uh, show gratitude. Like that's it. It is good for us. And but meditation is what I can access with our create with the creator. So through med through developing our own meditation practices, even if it's just five minutes a day to start with, you know, that enables us to develop or connect with the creative forces within us and either learn what our life purpose is or, um, and or uh, learn what our life purpose is and then f and fulfill it. So then through meditation, we learn and become co-creators with, uh, with the universe rather than just being, you know, just not having a, a mission or a vision or a mission or a purpose we or being aimless like meditation helps us to connect with our the purpose in our life so I thought that was really cool so I just like oh you know I should I should probably start uh, meditating I, I tried a little bit and it was nice but I some you know I got distracted <laughs> so I I have to start meditating again <clears throat> Sorry, I just paused for a moment. I was just looking over my notes just to see what other key topics or points I, I wrote down. Uh, there's a 
a little, a couple of them. Uh, I'm just trying to find them because I have uh, my uh, show notes with me. Oh, okay. So maybe what I'll do is I'll read out um, just some suggestions, kind of like the top suggestions that both William and Edgar Casey have for people in reading the book. And then if you find it, and then just take whatever you find useful from that list. And and I think that after that, that that's about it. Like it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a very long read. And I just basically went into what an alkaline and acidic diet is. And also, you know, how, what you could do to maintain that diet, like, or sorry, maintain that balance. You know, what what food combinations are, are good for maintaining a balance and what, what ones aren't. Uh, and then I'm also going to leave off with some caveats too, because I was thinking, I was reading the book and I, I was thinking about some other stuff and I was just like, I'll share that in a, in a moment. Uh, and then, okay, so the few... So the few suggestions that uh, Edgar Casey made for people who, just as like a foundation, a, a building blocks to having a healthier diet and overall just better health, uh, is that um, number one is to remember that we are each temples of God, goddess, universe, and what we eat can strengthen our connection to the divine or weaken it. Number two, evening meals are a little more heavier. Uh, we eat meats that are either lamb, fowl, or fish. I have leafy veggies with the meat and avoid veggies from pod or grown underground. Number three, have plenty of water before and after meals. Uh, helps in digestion and making sure your body receives the vitamins and minerals it needs. Actually, I've been trying that. I've been... Because uh, I wrote it, or, or sorry, I, I read the book about a year and a half ago, and I I did start uh, drinking water before and after meals, and that does help. Like it's it's good to do that. Uh, and then number four, I have at least one meal a day with veggies. I've been doing that. <laughs> uh, number five, emotions have a direct link with our body. Uh, keep constructive thoughts and emotions. Example. Anger and resentment creates uh, poison, poisons in our body. Whereas joy and exercise create an alkaline, <laughs> uh, alkaline balance in our body. <clears throat> uh, number six, <clears throat> less physical activity means we need more alkaline foods to keep our balance. Uh, so not too many sweets or starches if we have a sedentary lifestyle. Number seven, Locally grown food is the best. They have more nutrients from the soil uh, grown grown in the local farms. And then number eight, um, avoid certain combinations of food and, and avoid uh, foods like fried, fried foods and uh, processed foods and, and so on. So those were some of the basic just tips and helpful tips and suggestions that I saw throughout the book. I will say this though that, and even they said this that everyone's diet is going to be different. Uh, it's not just going to be a one size or one size fits all. Uh, and what Edgar Casey 
encouraged us to do was to explore the foods, <clears throat> explore different foods and find out what works for us. You know, some, some people maybe really like fish and some people don't. Some people may like, really like chicken and some people don't. Um, it's all up to, it's up to you. It, it, our appetites and our diets are just as unique as our fingerprints, really. And <clears throat> I would also include our cultures as well. Like, you know, if we, we have ancestry and let's say your ancestry, they ate a lot of spices and they ate a lot of, um, or they ate a lot of veggies or something like that. Like there are specific foods that are specific to your, your culture or your ancestor. Well, taking, it's important, I think it's important to take that, to think about that as well, right? <clears throat> because what works for one culture may not necessarily, or foods that work well with one culture may not necessarily work well for another, or maybe it just takes time to get used to them. Um, so it's just about exploring, I think, of being aware of the food, becoming aware of the foods that your body really likes and really responds to. And, and sometimes that will change as well. Like maybe, I don't know, you, you love cod fish and then it just some, sometime down the road you decide that I don't want any more cod fish. I want to try chicken. Well, just go with that. See what happens, right? So there's no hard and fast rule that you have to stick to with this diet. You're just uh, learning what works well for you and experimenting with different foods and different combinations to see uh, what will help. And, and Edgar Kurt Casey and uh, William McGarry do provides a foundation, a suggestion. It's more of like a starting place uh, in, their, in their book, and then you kind of just go from there. So they provide a basic outline for some foods to try and incorporate into our diets, and then we kind of take the reins from there. Um, I will also say, though, that um, <clears throat> I often notice that it's... <laughs> Sorry. I often notice that health, like good, nutritious food are usually found in, in sort of wealthier neighborhoods and food that is more processed and lacks any nutrition or lacks, lacks nutrition is found in poorer neighborhoods. Uh, so I also want to say that, yes, it's, I'm not, it's important to maintain a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but oftentimes you see that, um, you know, poor people, and uh, black and indigenous people are often, you know, bullied and, and victimized by their diets as well. If that makes sense, like, it's not an accident that there's food deserts in poor areas. Or it's not an accident that um, maybe alcohol and junk food is the only thing found on reservations. It's done by design because I think that the structure this predatory, predatory, predatory structure is also aware of how important food is and how important food is for maintaining our connection with the divine. And if they want to, and you know, one way to keep people from standing up for themselves and empowering themselves is to feed them junk, is to feed them crap. Like if, 
you know, kids in schools are fed nothing but sugar and processed foods, and they're not going to have the energy. Well, they won't have the energy to learn, and they'll probably have health problems. And so they're not going to be, and they're, they'll probably be a little more compliant uh, than kids that do have a healthy or access to healthy, nutritious food. So I want to say that there is a built-in, well, there's a lot of built-in structural inequalities, and I'd say that food is one of them. Uh, and and it, I think it's important to stay aware of that moving forward because, you know, it's easy just to put the onus on the individual, but the individual is part of society, and society is part of the individuals, so if society, <laughs> if the structure is making it harder for people to access healthy food, then how is it that we can, or how's, how is it that people can fulfill their life purpose or even just enjoy their life if they don't have access to it because it's too expensive or maybe it's too far away and they can't get there through public transportation or maybe they, they feel shame and a, a guilt and don't want to go there or that you know the especially poor people are told and especially uh poor black and indigenous people are told that they're they're garbage um poor whites as well that you know we're garbage that we're um we're crap so that all kind of again that there's that thing with attitude like it all just there is a structure, structural inequality and an effort to uh, keep us from uh, creating our best life. But I want to say that that shouldn't stop us from trying to create a, a better world for ourselves as both as individuals and with our, in our communities. I'm just saying that like, that's there. The structural inequality is there, but we could do stuff to address it. You know, we can empower ourselves to address it because, and we can empower ourselves to improve our health and improve the health of the communities that we live in and uh, partake in. And speaking of power, so this is so this is marks the end of this, um, near the end of this uh, podcast. And what I want to start focusing on now is on electricity and health. Um, both the really positive aspects of electricity and how, you know, we're these electric beings and how powerful our, our thoughts are and it, <coughs> excuse me, our thoughts could create our reality, but also on how, you know, a lot of electricity is being misused right now. Um, and there's also a lot of concerns around, uh, stuff like 5G and dirty electricity as, as well. So I could just start talking about that over the next little while. I have uh, two books. They're going to take a while for me to read. So what I might do is break them down into parts and speak about the parts in the upcoming uh, episodes. And then I'm hoping, also hoping I can interview some of the authors. I'll see it. I'll see if I can get a hold of them. Uh, either way, though, the, the first book I'm going to read is called EMF. It's EMF star D. So it's like EMF or something. I can't, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it's written by uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola. And uh, he wrote about uh, the 
dangers of 5G and how it's, it's, it's right now is kind of like this, what the tobacco company was, uh, you know, in the past where everyone was smoking and then people started figuring out that, you know, you get sick off smoking. Well, this, the 5G and Wi-Fi is kind of like that right now. <coughs> so that'd be, that'd be interesting. Um, so I'll do a lot of preparation and work and, and I'll start doing those. That'll be my focus for the next few podcasts. Uh, and hopefully I could uh, find some guests that are well aware of uh, 5G and have them on the show. So uh, anyway, I hope, thank you all for coming out. I hope you have uh, a wonderful week and uh, thank you for visiting the cafe. Um, take care. Bye now.